This is In-House Insiders, a podcast from the Association of Corporate Counsel, where you'll hear from the most interesting in-house legal professionals in Australia. On the show, we'll explore their stories, the challenges they've faced along the way, and the lessons they've learned that have defined their careers. I'm your host, May Ramsey, and I'm the Group Executive Legal Governance and Regulatory Affairs at Medibank. Hi there, I'm Teresa Cleary, and I'm Group General Counsel and Company Secretary at Elixinol Wellness Limited. I'm also National Vice President at ACC Australia. I'm filling in for May Ramsey on this episode. Today, I'm speaking to Cathy Hoyle. Cathy is the General Counsel and Company Secretary at Anero, an international network of marketing and communication businesses. After beginning her career in the music industry, Cathy later retrained as a lawyer. In her current role at Anero, she's able to continue her passion for working with creative people. Cathy and her team were also the recipients of the Small Legal Team of the Year Award at the ACC Corporate Lawyers of the Year Awards. In this episode, Cathy will share how she got her start in the music industry. You'll hear what it's like working at a global company like Anero. Cathy will break down her insights about working in a small legal team and reflect on her 2021 award win. Let's dive in. Cathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Teresa. Pleasure to be here. So let's start at the beginning. How did things get started for you in your career? Well, I'm a second career lawyer. So I went to university here in Australia in Canberra with this grand ambition of working in radio. I was absolutely so passionate about music at the time that I felt like that was a really great way to channel my passions. So I ended up studying in Canberra and then moving to Los Angeles for 10 years. And in LA, I worked predominantly in the music business in marketing and radio promotion roles. And then I also moved into, showing my age a little bit here, sadly, but it was when the dot-com boom was really happening as well. So I worked on a time where there was a real transition from music industry being very traditional, buying a record, being how it generated its revenue into the internet becoming the biggest part of the music business at the time. So I spent those 10 years working outside of the legal profession in the music business. It's really fascinating that you started out in the music industry. So what made you decide to transition to law? Well, music's super fun. And obviously spending my 20s in that industry was just really exciting. But I had great bosses and great roles and I made it up to head of department in several of those roles. But I felt like there was a ceiling in that industry for women at the time particularly. And I couldn't see a clear way to really progressing and um, having like a really verifiable skill set that I could point to and that I could use in my day-to-day work rather than just learning on the job. So I had to think about what I thought I would be best at. And my dad's actually was a law professor at the time and he had such a passion for law. And I always seemed to end up getting all the legal agreements and any disputes that happened in the businesses that I was in when I was working in the US. And I thought, well, why don't I just apply for law school in Australia and see how it goes? And next thing you know, I'm back in Canberra studying law, living with my parents at 30, doing my law degree with honours in two years and three months. Oh, well done. Well done. Like any (laughs) older student does, you're just such a square, such a nerd that I just sort of powered through it. 
That is actually a really interesting story and I, I really love the connection to your father's role and where you ended up landing. Really, really interesting. Kathy, could you share some lessons you have learnt in your time in the music industry that you have applied in your legal career? Sure. Well, music industry is full of personalities. I don't think that would come as a surprise to many people, but it's really at the far end of the creative industries in the sense that it is most unconventional, I would say, potentially, of those sorts of industries. So dealing with really dynamic, interesting people, really tricky people, I think I learned a lot from just having to be very professional around people who are, can be pretty wacky. It's definitely something that I've carried through from that time. I'm sure that's um, helped you immensely in your legal career, I can imagine. Definitely. So what's it like working as a legal professional in a more creative industry? So that was something that was really important to me when I did go and study law. I knew right from the beginning that I had to connect it back to my love, which was being, I'm not a creative person, I wish I was, but I love being, I call it creative adjacent. You know, I love to have creative people around me. So that was such an important part of how I shaped my career that I stayed working adjacent to creative industries and creative people because I really thrive off of that and all the unique situations and unique legal issues that they tend to create in their work. That's really great. So your current role is General Counsel and Company Secretary at Enero. What does that job look like? Goodness. Well, we are Australia-based. We're the largest independent marketing and communications agency group in Australia. We have a thousand people worldwide and perhaps what makes us unique amongst some Australian businesses in our sector is that we actually have predominant revenue generated out of the US and out of European markets. So we're a thousand people in 10 countries and about 15 cities right now. Keeps you very busy, no doubt. Yeah. That's great. So one of the big things I know you're very passionate about is maintaining great relationships with people at every level of the business. Why is that so important to you? I think that comes predominantly from my first career not being legal and having been on the other side of dealing with lawyers and seeing how a good lawyer is listening to their client and a good lawyer understands the drivers and the motivations and the needs of their clients. So it's something that's always been top of mind for me is we're a business partner and to do our jobs well, we have to understand our stakeholders and we have to understand what their motivations are and that not being that handbrake to happiness. <laughs> I love that. I've heard that far too many times in different roles. So I, I hear you. I think this will resonate with our listeners. Can you share an example of how you go about doing this? So maintaining those relationships with the people that I work with is so critical to me, particularly because we've got that tyranny of distance. And often when I'm managing through what might be a really tricky situation or dispute, or even just a complicated negotiation with a client, I need to have that trust of my internal stakeholder that I understand their motivators. I understand perhaps they really need this client and that a no is a problem for them or an issue with a clause in a contract is a problem for them. Or a non-payment, we've still got to manage that relationship with the client and try to get to the other side of it so they can still work together with that client. So for me, 
I need them to have that trust and you can only build that trust by having a relationship with them. So personally, I work really hard at engaging with stakeholders in my business at every level. I agree. It's so, so important. Anero is a global company. What are the biggest challenges you face working in a worldwide market? Time zones. (laughs) Yes, I can imagine. How do you overcome those challenges then? Bane of my existence, especially when daylight saving goes on and off in the different countries. It's tricky. It's tricky when you need people in, let's say, Europe, the US and Australia. It's really, really tricky to find those crossover times. We had some recent acquisitions last year of businesses, one in the US and one in Singapore, but I had stakeholders in every market. And we were obviously in an acquisition, you've got constant calls and it's a very dynamic environment. And that's just really tricky. So it just means lots of early starts and late finishes. And I think that's just the reality of a global business with us based out of Australia. But I do try to get in market when I can with those sorts of things, just to try to minimise what time zones do to you. Yes. And it's always important to sort of take back some time during the normal business day in Australia, because you are working on both ends of the day. I will we say that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the holy grail, right? How has your role as GC evolved in the face of digital marketing innovations? I'd say in the last nine years, I've definitely seen a shift away from more traditional advertising and communication requirements, both from consumers and from our clients, where we used to be predominantly PR would be press office and creative agencies would be television commercials and print ads. There's been, you know, a seismic shift to a more digital environment and engaging with consumers or businesses in an online environment. So social media has become a big part of our day-to-day work. So more and more they're using influencers, micro ones, macro ones, all different sizes, digital advertising, digital media placements. There's definitely been a move towards that, which is definitely different for the legal department and the sorts of contracts and agreements and issues that we're seeing come across our desk. And of course, generative AI is the new big thing. You know, I've been sitting through a lot of meetings with our businesses lately, and it's a common theme. Everybody's looking for ways that they can use generative AI in their work product. And it's such a movable feast for lawyers, isn't it? Because all we see is issues and all they see is opportunity. It's fascinating and it's evolving every single day at such a fast pace. It is and it's exciting. And we want to go for the ride with them on it and work out how they can actually use it in their day-to-day business, but they're navigating around all of the issues. You mentioned you've been working on acquisitions at your role over your time at Enero. What is the role of the in-house lawyer in the process of acquisitions? So Anero was the first in-house role I had where we had acquisitions during that time. So we've had four in the nine years that I've been at Anero, which is quite a lot, but we're a growth trajectory business and that's just part of the deal is, you know, growth. So my role has been different in each of those acquisitions, actually. In one of the ones that we did here in Australia, I actually did it myself in-house, which I now look back at and go, oh my God, I don't know actually how I pulled that off, but it went really well. They're a big part of our business now and great relationships with everybody. To the other side where I worked on an acquisition based out of the US that was the white shoe law firms, toe to toe. 
So my role in that was really important because obviously American lawyers are quite expensive and these things can have a trajectory of their own. So to me, our role is to be briefing the council really clearly and to be keeping on top of costs because that's the hardest thing to stay on top of in an acquisition where you do have external counsel is staying on top of the costs. So I really saw my role as being the conduit between the external lawyers and the businesses and making sure all of the instructions that they had were really clear and that I was doing as much lifting as I could because I had the benefit of the knowledge of the business and what its needs and wants were. And I mean, that's just spot on in terms of what value the in-house lawyer brings to their role. I mean, that's such a big point, isn't it? Because whenever we send legal work out, our first instinct, well, I'm speaking for everybody here, but my first instinct is I'm sending this out. I have to justify that this went outside of the business because I'm a cost center in the business and I've just created more cost. So how am I justifying that? Sometimes it's the reality because you need that really specialist advice, particularly if it's in another market. You have to know what you don't know, what you can't do. But how do you then show the value, yes, in that chain, bringing it back into the business? Can you describe a unique legal challenge you've had to face specifically working in the marketing and communications industry? So many of our businesses are looking to create advertising or marketing campaigns that have cut through in market. And they often need to be right at the edge of a really brilliant idea. And sometimes there's a sales job they need to do to the client. And then there's also legal issues that they might need to work around. So that could be other parties' copyrights or product claims. So we're constantly working with the teams in our businesses to navigate through so that they can actually deliver the ideas that they want to the clients. We're now going to touch on some questions around the Small Legal Team of the Year Award. So your team, Enero, won Small Legal Team of the Year in 2021. Congratulations. Thank you. That's definitely a team effort. So I work with my junior solicitor is Stacey Rose Ackroyd. She's the one who put the submission together and she's a big driver in a lot of the change that we've managed through and also really challenging me all the time for us to do better, to us to think of different ways to do things. That's great. So what did winning the award mean to your team? Well, I think all of us at in-house environments, right, know it can be a bit of an echo chamber sometimes. Like we feel like we're setting a lot of work out and isn't really recognised the hard work that we're putting into it. It was really lovely to be able to have something, to be able to go back to my um board and also to management and go, look, look what we did. Look what we achieved. We're doing a good job in market for just two of us. That's really great to hear. So if you look back on this time, why do you think that you were able to take out the award in 2021? Well, despite being two people, Stacey and I both have a real focus on innovation and a real focus on being best in class as much as we can, even though that is tricky when it's hard just to keep up with the day-to-day workload. We've constantly made time and carved out time to work through strategy, to work through process and how we can improve our processes and just always working towards really being as good as we possibly can be. Just to give an example, we have in the last 12 months really focused on what we could do in an innovation space to streamline our time to also give us time back to be able to do 
the proper legal work. So we brought on a new registry provider in Atomic Group, which has been a complete game changer for me in that it's really reduced the amount of time that I need to spend working with my vendor. And then we also brought in a matter management software called Lexian, which has been absolutely brilliant in just removing some of that friction and that time lost in just emails backwards and forwards. That's great. I really appreciate the examples of the challenges you face as a small team. It's really, really helpful to understand how you manage your team and how you manage your workload. What are your top tips for other people working in small legal teams? Stay focused on that strategy and what you can do to improve your processes. I think that's the key one because it's the hardest one to do, but I can say coming out the other side, although we're still really onboarding a lot of our management software and some of our changes, but it's already paid off. It's been worth the time. It's been worth carving out that time to work on that process to see the results already. That's great. That investment up front always, you know, it's very rewarding when you sort of see the return on those investment in time. So we've got the quick fire round, which I love. So I'm going to fire some questions at you. Are you ready? No. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's go. Maybe. <laughs> okay. If you met your 21-year-old self, what advice would you give them? Back yourself. Don't doubt yourself. I like it. What is one skill you've really had to develop through your in-house role? The art of diplomacy. Yes, I like that. Where do you go to upskill? ACC CLE. Yay, very good. They're so great, aren't they? What's one item on your bucket list? A safari to Africa, but that's got nothing to do with legal. I really want to do that as well. It's on my bucket list. What's your favourite hobby? I'm absolutely obsessed with Pilates. Okay, that's a good hobby. What are you reading at the moment? I am reading crime fiction. It's a John Grisham book. Can't remember what it's called. It's on my Kindle. That's the bane of the Kindle. You forget what you're reading because it's not a book. Yes, yeah. It's so cliche, but I love John Grisham (laughs) novels as well. I know you want to not love them, but unfortunately they are a good read. I know. It's good, comfortable, easy reading. What is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Check my email, sadly, because we've got offices overseas, so I can wake up to a barn fire. So unfortunately, that is the first thing I do. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I hope that changes in the future. What is your favourite song? Oh my gosh, that's such a tough one. <laughs> From the music industry. <laughs> it still changes. Uh, it's always been Sweet Jane oh. by the Velvet Underground. It's like one, there are songs that stay with you, right? Always Bittersweet Symphony. I just love the start with the um, strings and that always just stays with me. But I think it does change. Kathy, thanks so much for joining me on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah, it was great to speak with you too. Thanks for your time. You've been listening to In-House Insiders, a podcast about the stories, challenges and lessons learnt by Australia's top in-house legal professionals. In-House Insiders is produced by the Association of Corporate Counsel. ACC's purpose is to support the professional and business interests of in-house counsel through information, education, networking and advocacy initiatives. I've personally been an ACC member for 15 years and I continue to remain a member for the fantastic peer networking opportunities I get 
and the access to tailored CPDs that cater for every stage of an in-house lawyer's career. If you're not a member already, you can join me and over 45,000 other in-house counsel from around the world. For more information about ACC or to join, please visit the website acc.com. This has been In-House Insiders. I'm May Ramsey and I'll speak to you next time. Thank you.